Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and I'm joined, as always, by my uh, co-detective, uh, co uh, Jordan. <laughs> co-detective. Yes, or I guess, who, uh, who we are changes from week to week based on the game we just played. Well, actually, you are actually a graduate student, so I guess yes. I can't really. Well, yeah, but this is the one time that you are, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've joined, you've a, joined my world for this game. What an honor. You should. Yes. Uh, what What is that game that we played this week? Yes, this game is A Hand with Many Fingers by uh, Celestia, a.k.a. David Cribb. Um, last week, uh, we may have told you that we were going to play the, uh, the demo for this game. However, uh, circumstances have, have changed because we happened to get our hands on uh, uh, keys for the beta, the, mm -hmm. the full game. Uh, and I will say it's it must be releasing quite soon because yes. I didn't really experience I, there was maybe one bug I experienced the whole time. So it's got to be pretty close to to ready to ship. However, you should yeah, and know content wise. I didn't see any like placeholder content or anything no, like that. So no, I think. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. So beta generally uh, in like actual video game development means feature complete content complete. Uh, right, right. You're just working but, you on know, fixing in, bugs. in itch.io, it might not. But sure. Uh, but we, we should say, since this game isn't even out yet, uh, we are going to talk about it in depth. We're going to try and uh, keep uh, plot, de well, quote unquote, plot details out of it because this game is based on real life events. Um, mm -hmm. However, we're going to, for the first, you know, little uh, bit of the podcast, we're going to try and talk just about uh, mechanics and general uh, gameplay experience. And then we'll, we'll give like a, a full on spoiler warning. But uh, you know, before we start at all, since this game isn't out, we're not sure when it's going to come out sometime soon, but, uh, I think you can agree with me that, uh, you should play it and, uh, oh, if, it's so good. I, I adore this game. I, yeah, I, cool. it, one of my favorite we've played in the podcast for a minute. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I kind of, I kind of knew that given it some similarities to other games that I know you like, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. For yeah. Sure. If you, if you want to listen for the first, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, we will be talking about the mechanics to sort of like get you engaged. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, if you, if you are into games about, uh, sort of sleuthing and, uh, uh you know, so solving a mystery, uh, it might be best mm -hmm. to just not know anything about this game. So if you're that person, uh, you know, give it a couple weeks for this game to actually come out and then then go play it and then come back and listen to it. Yeah, well, um, I'll give you the one the pitch, which is that you get to assemble theories based on uh, documents and photos that you stick on a cork board and connect with twine. So isn't that something you've always wanted to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is basically like the uh, the analog version of of her story, I guess, analog in that the the simulation is yeah. analog <laughs> it's simulating analog it's kind of a yeah the, the digital simulation of analog mystery uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah no that's a i think that's a good comparison um uh or another one um i i've even thought it was a little bit vaguely like return of the Oberden. yeah um, yeah there's been a i think the last few years have seen definitely like a renaissance of uh investigative games sure um so yeah, I think that's a very live genre right now. Yeah, well, Lots I mean, I think it, it kind of comes hand in hand with the uh, the sort of like rise of quote unquote walking simulators. It's just when you sure this is once, definitely a, a take on that. Yeah, yeah. Once there was like widespread success of like here's a game where you just walk around looking at stuff. 
uh, then that opens a lot of doors for like, well, you can just walk around and solve a mystery in what in the past might have been considered a mundane uh you know mechanically mundane game uh can actually be really engaging which we should talk about why it's mundane because (laughs) this game is like the specifics of what you are doing many would consider you know like pretty boring or maybe not boring but like very i don't know how to describe it it's a very um I mean, yeah, tedious, banal. Tedious. I feel yeah. lots of words. Yeah. yeah, but tedious or banal were kind of the, the general vibe I was going for because what you're doing is you are in an archive, basically, and you are getting, um, oh God, what do you call them? I'm totally blanking out on the, the cards that have the... The card catalog? Yeah, yeah, you're going through a card catalog, uh, getting cards for archive boxes, and then going and fetching those boxes. We'll get in a little bit more depth, but yeah, you're basically looking through file folders and cards and trying to piece together information, uh, which sounds kind of boring, but it's actually uh, super engaging and super engaging and, and a, a meaningful, uh, a meaningful mechanical system to put your uh, solve a mystery uh, narrative into, you know? Yeah, totally. And um, and one thing I definitely want to talk about is the way that the game, uh, I, I think it does a very good job of making it, you know, it, in practice, not uh, banal at all. I, I had uh-huh. a moment early on where, like, once it became clear what I would be doing, I was like, hmm, that might get tedious. And yeah. then uh, 10 minutes later, I was just, like, absolutely hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I think I was uh, I was similar to you. I'm like, ah, this could get, you know, a little bit. It could become a bit of a slog. Like at first, yeah, it's like, exactly, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I I didn't ever really feel like it was that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, the reason I was worried it might get to be a slog is because literally, like, part of this is you're opening a file cabinet and flipping through entries yes. and looking at names. <laughs> um, yes. But I think yes. it's important. Like the reason that it does doesn't get boring is that this game makes a lot of really smart choices about um, how it represents the files and how it uh, like mm-hmm. sort of wants you to engage with them. Yep. Uh, that we can we can get into. I don't know. Do you want to get into that right yeah. now, or do you want to cover well, let's, any more? Let's just start by summarizing first. the basic gameplay loop, just so sure, you're kind sure. of like like on the same page with us. So basically, you're in a. Oh, by the way, it doesn't tell you what you're looking for the all you know uh off the top is that you you have some affiliation with this professor seems like you're implied to be their grad student and they want you to go through the archives and figure something out when you get to this archive uh sitting on the the table is already one box and that's what gets you started um uh so basically what you do is you you have documents and they have uh uh they might be a picture, but most often they're like a clipping of uh, like a, a file or a newspaper article. And then uh, highlighted are names, dates, and locations. And then based on those pieces of information, you can like cross-reference people, places, dates, and then go and look in uh, the card catalog for a name uh, and a date in a specific catalog, which is organized by location. Mm-hmm. And then that will give you the call number basically for the box to go get and then you go into the basement you you walk like it is yeah that is the walking portion you walk down the stairs to the basement and grab the next box and bring it up 
Yeah, you, that's, well, you, that's, you have that's to the game. you have to search through the shelves. You have to find yes. the shelf that has the right one, and then yep. you find the right box, and then you walk all the way back yeah. upstairs and put it on the desk. Which yeah, so I think that w- for me that was the moment when I was like, hmm, I wonder if that will get tedious. <laughs> and I was astonished that it didn't. And I was yeah. also astonished how quickly I got hooked to it because the, f- yeah. you know, the first time you go down there, you're like. Do we really have to go down the stairs every time? Oh, it's and then uh, it's just enough information and like uh-huh. just enough um, like work you have to do staring at your cork board and like connecting uh-huh. the dots that each new each new moment when you're ready to get a box, yeah, it really does feel like you're like excited, like you've yeah. exhausted everything you have, and you're like, okay, I need to go to the box, I need to go to the archives, I need to get this box, uh-huh. and you know you're like running down there uh, excited to see what comes next. Yeah. I am. Uh, the thing that it reminded me of, um, but this is just because we watched it recently, is we recently watched oh. um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And that is a movie that makes people searching through archives really exciting. Sure. <laughs> you know, whenever someone's looking through old files and shit, you're like, ooh, what are they going to find? Uh-huh. And this, yeah, lots this of game, montages of like, oh, here's many, a file. Oh, here's a picture. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And this game, uh, lets you do that. Sure. Uh, and it's, uh, it's totally fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, or I guess I'm not interested. It's kind of funny that you, uh, your reaction when you're first like, Oh, I have to walk down there. was like, Oh no. Because when I, once I was like, realized like, Oh, you're gonna have to walk down there. I was like, Oh yeah, this is that good shit. <laughs> like, oh, really? okay. yeah, yeah. I, I was immediately <laughs> excited by, because it's something that, uh, so many games, uh that like as you said they've sort of um you know this sort of mystery solving game has had a real moment in the last several years uh and i feel like a lot of games want to abstract out the like quote-unquote boring parts and this game very very purposefully is like no that is part of like that is part of what makes this game different whereas something like Totally. Uh, yeah, something like uh, her story, like sort of specifically, is like, all right, here's a maybe not a simple, a little bit simplified, but also just sort of like more palatable way to just like look at information is to have this video yeah. archive that's indexed by text that's really easy to search. Um, whereas this game is like, no, I want you to <laughs> to really go through the particulars of like flipping through a card catalog and then mm-hmm. once you get the card catalog the files aren't even there you, you know you're getting numbers to uh to files that you have to go find you know delve even deeper and to me that was immediately exciting and yeah like like you uh, were i was like maybe a little bit um apprehensive that it would get to be uh tedious or sort of uh feel like it was dragging out but what i actually felt was that each time i got a new uh like box down in the archive to go to go get like that i written down to be like all right i need to go find this uh you know it gives you some time to think about what might be happening or what information yes because yeah it's no so to be clear once i had gone down there literally the second time sure i was like no this mechanic this is absolutely the right way to do it yeah yeah, yeah. any any hang-ups i had about the the stairs and the searching through the boxes completely evaporated after like hardly any time at all yeah but i I think you're 100 right that the 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 delay is actually really important to the sort of like process of unfolding the mystery because you get so like uh it sort of like um forces you to you know take a step back and and you know like let your eyes take a break and uh 
uh, and like process the the big picture um, that you haven't been thinking about as much uh, because you've been staring at the little details. Yeah, and I think also there's like there's sort of a mimicry of you were talking about the girl with the dragon tattoo earlier and how we watched that. It's sort of mm-hmm. a, a a analog to that like scene. I mean, there's literally a scene in that movie where she's like going into an archive and trying to find a specific file. But there's there's that moment in the movie in a movie like that where there's like this excitement of like, oh, they're finally in the place where that information is going to be. And like, yes, being the embodying that character and like going to find the information and being like, okay, there's the box. I like, you can almost picture yourself like moving your finger across entries into like, ah, there it is. And you grab it down and it like your character holds the box (laughs) in their arms as you like walk back up the stairs. And it's like, oh man, what a, what a satisfying way to make you feel even more like you're, you're really doing some digging. It feels like, it feels like you're getting your hands dirty, you know? Yeah, um, totally. It makes it, yeah. The 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 thing that um you know, that it accomplishes that is really difficult for uh, mystery games is make it feel like you are uh you are searching and discovering because uh-huh. like, you know, that's such a, a hard balance to get right in a uh in a video game because it's it's really easy to make it too hard or too easy. Like so hard that you'll just like, you know, every new question is a uh, uh, just a, an obstacle that seems insurmountable or because uh, you know, this is the, the LA noir problem that, that, you know, in order to, you know, advance the plot, you just have to hit X doubt, uh, like, yeah. you know, interrogate uh, because it's, you know, video games are necessarily like, limited in the amount of information they can like mm-hmm. actually simulate for you. Uh, it gets uh, detective plots are really hard to do. But sure. this this is a really great way to 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 hew that balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think another way in that it it kind of something that works to the favor of this game is that it's not explicitly I mean you're not a detective, right? You're like a student basically looking at yeah, yeah. files and there's a there's a sense that sort of uh it's almost like a cold case that uh it's been left behind. The I'm we're not sure on the time period we were speculating before the podcast. I think my guess is it's probably like late eighties. The actual things you're investigating take place in sort of like mid seventies to, uh, 1980 is sort of like the time span, the, the sort of inciting information of like the sort of end of the plot, uh, is 1980. Uh, and then you are sort of working backward mostly throughout the Mm -hmm. game. Um, and so my, my interpretation is there's, there's a TV in the office that is sort of like your base of operations that had, uh, one channel was playing a speech by Ronald Reagan and another Mm -hmm. channel was playing uh, a speech by, uh, George HW Bush, the, the first George Bush president. So I was kind of like, okay, this has got to be like late eighties, early nineties probably is when the actual game is taking place. I, after you, you said that I was like, okay, that actually does make sense. Cause, um, but when I originally saw that, I I actually just didn't even interpret it as like an in world thing, just more as like a uh, a sort oh, of like flavor. theme theme moment because it's like mm. you know the like con- Nicaraguan Contra affair is like a sure. uh, famous thing. But um, I think the the speech that um, Reagan is giving I think was something related to the Contras. So it almost made me wonder if that was like ongoing. In yeah. which case, it, this takes place. Um, probably shortly after. Oh, uh, interesting. After the thing happened in the early '80s. Well, would HW um, still would be around that early? I, I'm, well, I'm not very the, good at history. He'd be the VP. He was vice president. Oh, 
well uh, see i told you i'm bad at history <laughs> well this game helps you <laughs> a little bit yeah um, but they're they're both talking about the war on drugs which is uh related yeah. to the quote-unquote plot of the of the game which again we will get to uh, a little bit later i don't think we're quite ready yet or at least yeah. i'm not quite ready um, um uh, and anyways another reason why it is plausible that this is taking place uh you know not in present day is just because like this archive is is really like like uh anachronistic sure just like you'd be searching through a card catalog and uh and everything you know i mean there are definitely are still archives that are like haven't had Mm. their their card catalogs digitized especially if they're like you know something that people aren't looking at very often Mm -hmm. um but uh you know there's no technology in this building at all that hints that it's anything yeah there's not a single computer 1990 yeah, there's not a single computer in the yeah, exactly in there. So that would actually also lead me to believe it's like early '80s, you know. Yeah. Before I think I think you're right that it is '80s. The more and more I, I think about it, yeah. Um, but actually, there is something I, I think very funny about about the. Uh, this is another thing I was thinking the first time I had to go down the stairs, which is just like, you know, the the we're we're playing this game on a computer, uh-huh. and like computers are, you know primary function is to you know uh, automate and rationalize information retrieval sure and so it's very funny that it simulates the act of walking down yeah. the stairs i mean uh, you know <laughs> that's that's something that i was driving at earlier is that i i is ended up being probably my favorite thing about the game is the way that it's like yes we are using a computer uh, something that we would be really good at getting this information super fast and make you be able to play through this whole game in like 10 minutes instead of yeah. an hour and a half. Uh, and it's it, but the game is like very purposeful about like, okay, yeah. here's, you have to walk down. And, uh, like I sort of mentioned offhand earlier that there's a lot of like really small touches that they do to make this like just it, it, it leaves in the uh, the meaningful parts of it being sort of like tedious or laborious, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it it gives you little shortcuts in in just the right places. So, like one of the big things is that uh, when you're reading files, it will highlight the uh, the names of uh, people, uh, locations also will be highlighted, uh, mm-hmm. and um, dates dates yeah dates and each is color coded one is red one is blue one is yellow Mm -hmm. um and so that's a really that's a really good one that's sort of like one of the most apparent things is like you your eye kind of goes straight to those different pieces of information on the documents reading uh another thing that uh that's really good is they have this map behind you so they'll mention specific locations and once once a location has appeared in the um in a file then it'll go on the map and uh if you're someone like me who's horrible at geography uh it's really helpful for uh finding yeah, it the, is really uh, useful and i i uh i don't normally have a, a problem with a huge problem with geography but some of the places were pretty obscure so i thought it sure. was like super useful and then also i didn't use this functionality but it also lets you connect twine between locations i wasn't oh, really does. sure how to make that uh, useful but it was fun <laughs> yeah i mean in general i didn't really find the twine to be like super useful and we'll, we'll get we'll get into that later about i have sort of sort of like some minor quibbles about like sort of the way the narrative unfolds um mm. but i do i do like the ability to draw yarn between it's and it's another thing that just gives it a lot it gives it a lot of texture to the game and makes it feel 
you know, even more analog and old school and uh, I don't know, just like sort of fulfilling the quote unquote fantasy of like mundane archival mystery solving. Um, But one last touch I I really liked uh, is that when you are digging through boxes of files, once you've looked at everything in there, the lid goes back on the box. Yes. Sort of for you. Yeah. Really subtle, really just like simple, elegant, but communicates to you that, you know, you're done with this box. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you leave the room, the box sort of gets like magically teleported to the floor. So you can go. uh, Yeah. But you can then one. see you gradually it's like a progress bar, right? Because yes. you can see all you can see all the all boxes, the boxes that you, stacking up. You flip through. And eventually, you know, you've gone through like twenty boxes and it's like this huge pile. Yeah. Um, maybe not yeah. quite twenty, but like ten or fifteen. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually I'm curious. Did you go through many boxes that didn't have any information? Um they didn't have any? Yeah, there were there were there was at least one that I picked up that just had like not even a single file in it. It was just empty or like I opened it and it said, yeah, there was one that said this box is empty. And there was another that said, there's no useful information in this box. I encountered a box that was empty. Um, however, I interpreted that as being narratively significant. I, I guess I don't know. I didn't even try picking up. Well, actually I think, didn't I pick, I think I picked up one box that said, uh, there's nothing useful in here. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it, you couldn't like, there was just, it didn't give you anything. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, there was one box that was specifically empty uh-huh. and it was a box that was for the name of someone very important to the plot. Oh, and I, interesting. I thought I interpreted that as being like, it was purged. Yeah. You know, it was like, purged. Like removed from the archives. I think, because I think we're because, probably talking about um, the same box. Okay. Because it does allude to the fact at one point, it, well, actually maybe this is a spoiler. So we'll, we'll yeah, come yeah, back yeah. to this in a few minutes, but yeah yeah um i did think that it would have been it would have felt make the game feel a little bit more like well realized if there were more sort of like red herrings or files that you could go and get i kind of got the impression that any boxes you went and got that like didn't have pertinent information like there weren't fake files uh for information that just didn't matter at all which i felt like would have been a good touch i feel like uh, her story did a good job of that of like there are several videos that you can get led to and you think it's going to be really promising and then there's just like nothing particularly interesting yeah. or valuable to what you're trying to solve in there yeah i mean one of the one of the tricks there is with her story you know there's a there's a reason why every video exists right which is she's yeah. in a police interview so so it, it can never be totally off topic. At minimum, it's something yeah. she said in a police interview. Yeah. And this one, it's like, it's not even 100% clear what this archive is and why all this yeah. stuff would be. Um, I At first, I I assumed it was an like a historical archive, which is why I, I just assumed at first it was present day, just mm. because it was like the professor wants you to go look through it. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, why does all this stuff, uh, is it all collected in the yeah. first place and that that's that's sort of what i'm driving at is that i felt like even just having a couple files and maybe at least one where the game kind of like leads you to stumble into it uh and then have mm. it just be like totally unrelated and just have names yeah. i mean maybe uh you know Celeste is trying to avoid some frustration of just like well this is totally not pertinent but yeah. i felt like it would have fleshed out like why does this archive exist because i did get the feeling a little bit that sort of uh the I, I felt the hand of creation a little bit uh a little bit more than I would liked. Uh just in that like 
there's kind of a linear flow of like, all right, you see this file and then you see a name you don't recognize. You look for files with that name and then you see a new name you don't recognize. And it kind of, it went a little bit in a straight line of like, all right, this name to this name, to this name, to this name, to this name. Once I've got all the names, there's like two or three files that kind of tie everything together and then game's over. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly true. I do think that the 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 center did have a little bit of an like an accordion thing, uh-huh. you know, of like expanding a little bit because there were a few moments when I had multiple boxes I could pursue, like I knew yeah. mm-hmm. or multiple topics I was waiting to look up. Sure. Um, and then there were a couple moments when I hit a, a stumbling block and I had to go back and revisit what i i'm really only yeah. one that i like truly yeah was i mean stumped. i think i um, think partially it depends on like your sort of style of approaching the search because i'm a kind of person that like i take down a bunch of notes i i it's actually i'm glad i just remembered this that i sort of wanted to talk about my like approach to like playing this game which was basically that i would do everything in phases so it'd be like okay read files uh, take down a list of dates, locations, and names that I want to oh. search. And then, so I'd get like five or six of those. Uh, and then I'd go um, through the card catalog and I'd write down the numbers. I kind of, so I had, I kept a list of all of the names involved. And then under each name, I would have the cart, like the archive box numbers for yeah. like uh, card catalogs with that associated to that name. Um, and then I would get like four or five of those depending, or maybe even like Mm -hmm. as few as like two. Um, and then I would, um, once I'd done like a nice phase of like, all right, I've got a bunch of like archive box numbers. Now I'm just going to go get those. And as I get those, I'll get more names and dates and I'll kind of just like keep doing these phases. Um, and so maybe that's why I ended up feeling linear to me is like, I kind of, would chase down as much as I could find about one person before I moved on to the next. Cause just like mm. for me organizing it in that way, it, it helped the names stick for me and remember like who each person yeah. is uh, rather than like, Oh, this person's name is mentioned. I'm going to go see what they're up to. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll get to that person. Once I feel like I, I know what I need to know about this other person. Yeah. Um, That's funny. I, so mine became more systematic as I went the very beginning. I had no system. Mm -hmm. I was like literally just like anytime I was curious, I was like, Oh, let's go look up this. Mm -hmm. And then I gradually, the thing that sort of like forced me to start being more systematic is the realization that you could come to certain boxes by multiple routes. Yes. Like, like different names, um, mostly different, names but sure. sometimes also different uh places and dates would get you to the same the same box and so i i started like cross-referencing and then being and then like about halfway through the game i was writing down uh i was doing something similar i was organizing by name sure and, like putting the box numbers next to the date and the location so i always mm. knew it was always very easy to t- to confirm that I had already done that box before. Yeah. See, I would. Um, so I basically, I, had, I actually had a pretty specific system. So like my my basic page of notes is uh, after probably the first ten or fifteen minutes playing, it is uh, like name, date, location, and I would draw a box around that. And then once I had looked for it, I would strike it through with a line to know that I had looked for it. And then on a on a separate post-it note, I had all the names with the box numbers on them, and I would draw a line through those as I as I got them and brought them back up. 
Um, and so in this way, I sort of like made sure that I was chasing down all the leads so that stuff didn't slip through the cracks. That's always the thing I'm afraid about in these uh, kinds of games is that like, I'll just like gloss over some piece of information. Um, we actually haven't discussed it yet, but the, at the beginning of the game, it says like, you should probably take pen and paper notes. And I'm like, I was going to anyway, because I love taking pen and paper notes for this kind of game. <laughs> and I'm, I love that the game is like, yeah, you're going to need pen and paper notes. Cause I'm like, that's that good yeah. shit. I love that. I love pen and paper that was, notes. Yeah. That was a very kind tip. I did feel like it, um, the, the, the game was very kind for like, making the, the 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 experience like as smooth as possible like there were there were sure. lots of little moments where it like it's like you know it wants you to go through the process of searching yeah. and walking and, and well filing. actually but I'm glad. then also wants to like nudge you a little bit to yeah make yeah. it feel um oh also this is a tangent that i just want to say before i forget it does <laughs> say on the itch page uh while searching through a dusty cia archive you still oh. uncover a real Cold War conspiracy. So for some reason, you've been given access to the CIA archives, uh, and that's what this is. Oh, uh, weird. Um, well, um, I did want to talk about what you were talking about before that tangent, which is uh, how it sort of like presents to you to chase down this information, which is that there are just posters posted on the wall that are like, uh, here's how to search through an archive. And it like oh, sort of yeah, breaks yeah, yeah. down, which I thought was a great way to, because yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, mean I feel like I could yeah. actually see that in an archive like this it sort of reminded me of like i mean you and i have been are young enough that you know computers were basically always around but as like a child in elementary school i still remember like having the uh you know the the school library having to like search and find the little numbers and like mm -hmm. it was there was a there was a, sh a short time where they were not in the computer and you had to like look them up manually in a big book or it's like a binder with like yeah. the, the Dewey decimal <laughs> numbers in there. And so it, it sort of uh, evoked that in a way that I, I really liked. And I, I, I can almost picture like a poster on, on the wall or next to the binder of like, here's how to search things with the Dewey decimal system and find them on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. uh, and like, I remember learning how to do that from, I don't know, in like first or second grade, it's like they taught you how to do that. Uh, so I did love that the poster, it was a, I think an elegant and uh, uh, characterful way to uh, tutorialize mm -hmm. how you should, sure. like the general approach to this. Um, okay, so maybe as like a transition into the spoiler section, uh, I, I did want to talk about linearity a little bit. Sure. Um, so uh, the... So you're you're saying earlier that uh, in in practice a lot of it ends up being a little on the linear side. Mm -hmm. um, and while I agree, the first thing I want to say is like I did I you know I have watched a few videos on her story and like Sam Barlow talk about the the like <laughs> the enormous oh, wall sure. of post-it notes he had to maintain. Oh God, yeah. In order to make that uh you know make it um uh functionally uh, uh nonlinear. Uh, and even that one is, you know, it has a, a, a narrative arc to it. It is supposed to be like, you know, there's building drama and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, you know, we'll say that it's probably just uh, really hard to, oh, to do. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. just labor intensive. Um, but maybe one of the reasons why that happens is the, the nonlinearity to it, like the fact that there's boxes that you can come from different um, angles. Mm. It mostly is like, it, it doesn't always uh change 
it doesn't change much if you come to them no. from different from yes. different angles. Like uh-huh. like you can like the middle. I would say like the middle section has some names. Um, uh, that are you you might come to some people before others. Sure, but the 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 sort of arc of the story doesn't change that much. And actually, it's something I was wondering is also how how the experience of designing this changes when it's a real historical thing. It's like on yeah. the one hand, uh, it's less hard to you know, get the details, you know, internally consistent because like mm-hmm. reality doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you don't even have to worry about that stuff being weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the the downside is you can't, you know, come up with gimmicky solutions to uh, to structure the narrative in the order you want it to be uh, because it's just, you know, the truth. Uh, yeah. So or yeah. is it the truth or is is there such thing as truth, Jordan, or is it all well, subjective? <laughs> yes, there is such a thing as truth i'm i'm gonna stand by the the realist position here i, I remain unconvinced <laughs> um, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say uh reality exists and uh, I, I here here's here's my uh weird harebrained uh side thing the truth only exists for the people who experience it and no one other than the people who are actually there well, you know what? It's a it's a whole different thing. We'll talk after the podcast. I've got it, some theories. I, I guess I'll say it depends what you mean by truth. If you uh-huh. mean like uh-huh. if you mean I do feel like that, you know, just practically speaking, uh and like knowledge is is decentralized <laughs> in the sense that like uh-huh. uh you know, the only people who have knowledge about something that happened ultimately are like people who you know, we're there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I, this I is a little think, off. I don't think that fact makes it the case that there is no truth. All right. We'll, we'll talk after the podcast cause it's, uh, <laughs> but I think this is as good a point as any to say, all right, we're going to talk about the quote unquote the plot, plot uh, the real things that happen. So if any of this sounds interesting, play the game once it comes out, hopefully it'll be very soon because mm-hmm. this, uh, this felt like a very complete version of the game. I yeah, didn't, I, did. I only experienced one minor bug and it didn't, wasn't game breaking at all. So, uh, if any of this is interesting, stop listening, come back in two or three weeks once the game is out and you've played it. Uh, other than that, let's, let's get into it. So this is based on the true story of the Nugan hand bank in and, Australia uh, and the, uh, sort of, uh, connected conspiracy <laughs> yeah of, so uh night so blake and i were talking about this a little bit beforehand but neither of us had ever heard of this no. before but i you know i became intensely curious after playing the game i did a little sleuthing mm-hmm. and it is much better known in australia allegedly uh, much better known allegedly be- much better known one video i watched described it as the the jfk assassination of australia but mm-hmm. the short length of the wikipedia article convinces me that's not quite right that's maybe it, is, a, it is at least better known uh-huh. um uh but basically the the overarching plot is that uh there is this this bank founded in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, an investment bank by uh Fran- a lawyer francis nugan and uh, uh, former U.S. Green Beret Michael Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 1980, Nugan commits suicide. Uh, allegedly. By, allegedly commits suicide by gunshot. And um, then there's this huge investigation into the bank. The bank collapses, and it turns out that they were doing lots of unscrupulous things. Confirmed that they were uh, involved in money laundering, and including uh, drug money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they almost definitely knew about it uh less confirmed was the the degree to which 
that um, that drug uh, laundering was connected to the CIA. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, Michael Hand was uh, involved with the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, former CIA director William Colby really was involved with the bank, mm-hmm. and um, Michael Hand definitely did uh, make many of his contacts with drug people he was laundering money for through the cia yeah Uh, obviously the cia denies that this was authorized Uh but then after uh after the the bank collapsed he he fled australia with a fake passport (laughs) and then the fbi refused to it, it was the australian equivalent of like the dea or something was trying to get him extradited, uh, but the FBI was refusing to cooperate. Yeah, um, and so the idea is that he was because he was, you know, these all these psycho CIA military people think he's a, a war hero because he was involved in like operations sure. in Vietnam. Uh-huh. The idea is that they, you know, they let him uh, subtly retire uh, in the United States under an assumed name, uh, and that's what's that's what's what's happened since. Yeah, which, uh, and I don't know, something I read was talking about how he was, like, living under an assumed name, but with the same, uh, the same, the same social, social security, security number. number. I couldn't um, believe that. And also... And that, yeah, that's why the, the journalist who wrote that was like, I am convinced the FBI knows, because it would not be hard to sure. do that. Yeah. Well, and, and the, uh, I think this was the Wikipedia page, so take with a grain of salt, but there was an insinuation that at the time in the 80s when a lot of the investigation was happening, there was a task force made in Australia and there was some uh, some speculation that at the time in Australia, the CIA were thought of as like good guys and uh, upstanding and uh, we yeah. we want to be on good terms with the CIA, sort of like if we implicate them, then we're we're making bad blood. So we do, we don't want to uh, you know get all conspiracy theory and say oh the mm-hmm. CIA was involved in laundering drug money to uh, you know foreign countries where they may be trying to uproot uh, <laughs> uh, movements yeah, of uh, socialism, regimes. <laughs> yeah, or collapse regimes. Um, and so there was some sort of uh, speculation that uh, maybe the Australian task force sort of intentionally didn't get too deep uh into uh you know uh, accusing the cia because it was better for them to leave criminals outstanding given that their their operation was dissolved and they were kind of on the run than to quote unquote like serve justice or whatever i i even read one so if (laughs) i i could not believe this but i was watching Uh a, a 60 minutes documentary on it in which so when Michael Hand flees Australia, he has a uh, a fake Australian passport, mm-hmm. and literally he's wearing a fake mustache and fake goatee. Oh my in god! It, and with a pair of glasses, and uh-huh. it it looks like only a slightly more convincing version of like you know the the satirical fake mustache, glasses, and nose thing. Oh like sure, it, it it does not look convincing at all. It's like laughable that that was his. <laughs> <laughs> I I like could not yeah. believe it. So the one one theory is that like that actually the Australian government or some part of the Australian government like allowed him to to flee. Like the CIA was like, "Yo, let this guy leave." Sure. Um, but you know, that's one of the things that will be will be forever lost to history. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess um now that we've sort of like laid out what the actual narrative is, how do you feel uh how do you feel about how that narrative actually played out 
uh, in the game as you're playing it? Um, so I think parts of it worked better and mm-hmm. worse. So like, so you I know, guess um, I, before, I liked, sorry, sorry, before you address this, I, we should say all of the documents that you're looking at are basically, yeah, yeah, they're fictionalized. So they're, they're based on real events, but they're not real documents. They're uh, fake newspaper clippings, presumably created by David Cribb, just to sort of like lay out some of the information. The images mm-hmm. I believe are real, um, but yeah, there aren't a ton look, of them. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they are. That is really what Michael Hamm looks like. I don't, sure. I didn't like go to check, but they all look real. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, the, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. What were you saying about this? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, uh, I, w- I was asking you how you felt the narrative, uh, oh, right. played out. So I, so one of the things I was sort of like, I, I was, I was thinking about this a lot, like how, how the mystery game changes when you're working with a historical fact rather than like a fabulated narrative. And, um, so you, you imagine the setup of the game, right? So the first thing you get is a, a former, um, Lord, like bank head found dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, immediately the thing that taunts you with is that he was assassinated. Sure. Um, but that's the part of the real life story that is like the least confirmed. Some people think he was. There is some sure. like, weird evidence. For example, there were no fingerprints on his gun. No fingerprints uh, like, on the gun. Footsteps around or like more yeah, than why one would pair you, of Why would you dust for fingerprints before you kill yourself? And then also yeah. here's the one that really felt almost like it was like reading a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a Bible in which he had underlined a bunch of phrases that were all like um, about children and wives dying. Uh, hmm. And so it's like he was trying to communicate that he killed himself under duress because they had sure. to kill his family. So, you know, that's that's the part that's like, you know, will remain most, you know, we'll never know. Um, yeah. But in a if this game were fictionalized, right, like I think that th- the sort of like narrative arc that that sets up is like that's the you know, the discovery It's like you you solve his murder, whereas it, it more ends up being about, um, uh, you know, just seeing how how just far reaching the CIA's uh, activities were like, yeah, the, and the, the and sort of like mind blowing thing is just how many countries are involved. Sure. Like at the beginning, I just assumed they had all those different file file cabinets, you know, just to create a sense of volume because like, sure. you know, a lot of the names in the filing cabinets are, uh, Celestia has just padded them with meaningless sure. names. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you use every one of them because the CIA had a their uh, Nugent Hand had a branch in like sure. every continent. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think the the sort of like narrative quote unquote narrative arc of this game ends up being about uh, sort of a grand conspiracy, a little bit more of a grand conspiracy about the the CIA being there's there's one quote that they're the uh, the like the private fund and like dirty launderers of the the ruling class the ruling class yeah yeah that was actually side note so there's a bunch of some of your the documents have been like marked up by and uh-huh. in, in like handwriting with a red pen and it's oh, almost like sure. implying that someone has been doing this investigation yeah uh, before and i was i was curious what that that narrative thread's supposed to be but yeah who really that's know. supposed to be um, yeah but the so the part of the conspiracy that I did think worked really well is like um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the the government guy whose last name starts with Colby. 
H and first name was Paul. Paul Hellowell. Hellowell. Heil- what? Hellowell. H e l l. Yes. Yes. I w e l o. I I found myself like just really interested in like getting evidence on what he his involvement was because sure. it's like that's the one where it's like you know it's it's slowly alluded that okay they're trafficking drugs oh they're sure. transporting arms to like rebel groups mm-hmm. um and so so there i do think there was the you know the real conspiracy does lend itself to a kind of like narrative of discovery mm-hmm. um, but but you're definitely it's definitely giving yourself a constraint by working with history yeah i guess the the thing that i ended up feeling a little bit um was that I didn't feel a lot of like personal personal investment in the the I feel weird saying characters because they're real people. Um, sure, but I I felt I felt like there there could have been a little bit more done to like personalityize those um, yeah those people. And the, but the thing is, is that I understand why you would not want to do that uh, because uh, you're basically you're writing fictional documents about real mm-hmm. people who are some of them are no longer alive and died under maybe dubious circumstances. So maybe there's a certain amount of uh, respect you try and lend to those people by not making up a characterization for them. But it did leave me feeling a little bit uh, unsatisfied at the end because like pretty early on, you get the sense of like, ah, there's like a a global drug conspiracy that these guys were involved in and, uh, and some shady stuff with the CIA. And so it didn't end up feeling, you know, super uh, conclusive, which I guess it's probably part of the, the point, but I also just didn't feel myself like personally invested um, in a lot of the goings on. And then also like in reading some other details afterward, it's like, well, why was that left out? That sounds fucking crazy. If I would have read that in the game, (laughs) I would have been like, what the hell? Like, dude, the fact that he underlined, the stuff in his Bible was one of the ones that I was like, yeah, what? That's yeah, crazy. It's like, yeah. And, and there was, and, uh, and actually that would have been a, I mean, that would be something that maybe would flesh out the character. Right. Because then it's like, uh, then, then you start to, you know, empathize with, I mean, not really empathize. He was, he was knowingly involved in this as sure. well, but, but it does like humanize at well, least you, you would empathize and then, though. And then even the, you know, like Michael hand was a weird, I shouldn't say was, he's still alive. Uh, presumably uh-huh. um, but uh is a crazy guy like this, yeah. the stuff i read about him he just sounds psycho and yeah. uh and and yeah it, it might have been interesting to have some characterization for him well and you earlier you said that you um you wouldn't necessarily empathize with him but i think you would based on one thing that i read that i think ties into the the underlying bible verses which is that um several people uh, that were sort of implicated in this or related with uh, the, the Nugent hand bank were like, yeah, the, it was kind of like, once you got to a certain level um, you got to this point where it's like, you've stepped in the shit and you can't unstep in it. And people sure. like, there was one thing I read that was like, uh, there were Im- uh, implicit threats that if you, if you didn't cooperate or if you started to talk, then uh, your wife would be chopped up into little bits and sent to you in a box yeah it <laughs> was the quote uh and oh, so you know i felt like that sort of thing again that's maybe part of the more like sensational aspects yeah. of it being kind of like a conspiracy theory uh but also in a game like this even like you can frame that as a a rumor you know like this is a correspondent someone wrote about someone else you can say like uh, i don't really want to be involved but like 
there've been some people, people talk about this thing and I'm not sure if they're joking or if they're serious about chopping off my wife or yeah. you know, hurting my family yeah, or yeah. something like that. They could have yeah, made it feel like a little you, bit if more If you're worried personal. about your fidelity to reality, you can just, you can explicitly frame some of the documents as hearsay sure. or rumor or something. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. So I felt like there was a little bit of that, that I, that I missed. And again, like I understand why the decision was made to, um, play it more. And it, it made a little bit more sense in the context of this being like just an archive, but I also well, and think specifically a CS CIA archive, right? Yeah. Like they wouldn't yeah. keep records of, of, you know, although one wonders if they would keep newspaper clippings even. Yeah. So, yeah, although, so that actually brings me uh, to another thing, which is that the the sort of, like, end of the game is, like, uh, a few of the last big, like, the last few files that you get that sort of, like, tie up the story, and after you've been introduced to all these characters and seen a little bit of their goings-on, the, like, the last few files that tie them up together are in boxes that have little cards in them that say, like, marked for destruction. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, one of the last files you find is, like, here's all the files that directly implicate us destroy them. Uh, yeah. And so it, that, that was kind of a nice once, once I found the first one that just like this box is marked for dis- uh, destruction. And so is this other one. It was kind of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in too deep. I, you know, yeah, um, I, I loved the, the first moment that it happened because, you know, I thought it was a really fun way to break the sort of like, uh, the, the pacing of the, the sort of Mr. The game loop, uh-huh. um, the, because, you know, you're, you're used to it being, um, you know, you, you find new ones just by going through the card catalog. But then uh-huh. the first time you find that it's like these ones marked for, uh, marked for destruction. Mm-hmm. And I assume this was how it will be for everyone, but maybe it came out differently for you. But mm-hmm. one of them was one I had never seen before. Yeah, two so of then them were ones I had never seen before. So Okay. So then I was like, oh, nice. I got to yeah. go look this up. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that I think, really like added stakes to the mystery because it's like, yeah. It's like, ooh, I, they don't want me to see this. I, I think so as well. And actually, this would have been a good thing to bring up as we were uh, talking earlier, but there's some really good stuff they do to sort of ratchet up the, the tension, which is that, um, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, as you go downstairs, there start to be other, there start to be sounds that are, you're like, what the hell is going on? So the first one that I encountered was a phone ringing, which in the office that you're using as your sort of like base for operations, there is a phone and you can interact yes. with it. If you pick it up it just goes like, Boop. but, yep. uh, it's like you walk down to the basement and once you get into the basement, the phone starts ringing and you run back upstairs and it stops ringing before you can get there. Yes. Um, and then, oh, yeah, that was spooky. And, and that, and it also like, it makes you, uh, question the bounds of the game. You're like, Oh yeah. What else will this game throw at me? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know how this is going to end. Like, and what I, can happen? Am I going to like, eventually I started wondering if someone was going to like, if I, there were going to be character models, like I was going to see, characters in there or something i for sure was ready ready for like me to be walking upstairs with the last file box that's going to tie it all together and like you you get like hit with the in the back of the head with a brick and the <laughs> game ends like cuts to black and i do think oh, the ending shit. is a little bit more hokey than that or maybe not hokey but i guess it was uh so like you hear these sounds you hear like a dog barking at one point and then there's the probably the creepiest one is when you hear footsteps above which yeah. that's when i for sure thought um, that like one of the rooms that you can't access, uh, that, that someone was going to pop out and like attack me or something. Uh, but then what ends up actually happening is you come back up with like the last file box and a car has crashed through <laughs> into the office. But I guess the thing is, is that there's like, 
there's no person there all your files are still there your cork board that you've been like you know drawing twine between things you know there's no nothing has been unsettled other than there's like a car crashed through the building but there's no person <laughs> there so i guess who was that supposed to be do you do you have any i have thought? no idea i i mean like the the theories that come to mind is it's like it was you know a cia person or it was a it was michael hand i mean who knows like it's yeah not, it doesn't give you any any allusion to that yeah I mean, and, and I, part of that i do want to say is um is i think a little bit of a uh a sort of like stylistic choice on the part of Celestia uh, or David Cribb because they definitely, uh, they definitely, their games um, tend to err on the side of the, uh, the abstract and in even the absurd. Like I think that they, mm. a, a lot of the things that they like to do in games is take uh, something that seems like a realistic premise especially mm. one that has high political stakes. Mm -hmm. uh, so like a riot we played, um, they came from a communist planet for another episode. Sure, sure. And then, you know, um, give it a surreal twist of some sort. In that one, it's aliens. Mm. Sure. Uh, in, in this one, I mean, I think that the they suppressed that uh, artistic urge the most because it's, it is like supposed yeah. to be so grounded in reality. Like that's the tagline that says all of this is based on real events. But sure. I, I felt like that was, uh, you know, proverbially the 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 surrealist in Celestia bursting sure. through the wall um, a little bit. Like it's it's almost like like a decontextualized version of a, an actual like conspiracy plot like sure someone someone tries someone trying to stop you from solving the conspiracy you know that's totally yeah. part of that plot but and here it is here's like that without any context yeah I mean, just a, a random car <laughs> yeah i ended up thinking it was a little goofy but i did sort of the the justification that i or the conclusion i came to was that someone was coming to stop you crashed into the wall realized it was too late and you'd already found everything out and then just split and because fled. they were oh. potentially implicated yeah but why um, leave your car there i again this is just the conclusion <laughs> i came to i'd be curious what the what the intention behind it was um maybe i, mean, uh, I think the in, genuinely i think the intention is supposed to be like uh like freak you a, out right? a stylistic flourish uh, freak you out and a stylistic flourish just that it's yeah. like it's like it's like the conspiracy genre coming apart at the seams or something like that sure like, sure yeah i could see that um uh, did you have other thoughts comments i'm trying to think if there's anything else about the content of the narrative that i was yeah uh, I, here's a here's a stray thought while you're thinking say that what again that? i said here's a stray thought while you're thinking oh yeah go who, for it who the hell Annex, okay, maybe I'm misunderstanding what an annex is. Annex is generally something you, it's like when a building, you add onto a building after it's already been finished being built. Am oh, I wrong? yeah, yeah. What the hell kind of annex is in the basement? In the basement. Like you're already yeah. in the basement and then you get the key. I guess we didn't mention this, but one of the files you open, you get a key into like one of the annexes that's like a locked door that's been locked the entire game. And you go and it goes like further down into the ground. It's like, what the hell can it like? Th there's no foundation down there. That's how is that an annex? It's a, <laughs> it's a silly nitpick, but I was kind of like, that's not how annexes work. In my, I mean, I in think, my I, again, I think it's the same thing as the car, right? Where it's yeah. like, 
it's like the 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 bounds of the realism start to get sure. stretched a little bit. And and that one also did feel like a very like a uh, stylistic flourish because it, there is uh-huh. so much drama in yeah. like it, it you plays see the much key, more dr- the key because you know the the annex doors are placed very strategically so sure. you'll see them as you're going down there so you know i assume you also were thinking about them throughout the game like yeah I would, every time i went down there i tried the door i was like is it yeah. gonna open is it gonna open and uh-huh. so like when you get that key you're like oh i yeah. gotta go down there and um and then uh and then it's at the end of the it's at the end of the basement so there's like this dramatic walk up and then yeah, yeah you go down more stairs and then it's like an identical file room but all Only the shelves are empty except, yeah, for, except one. for one box. Yeah, and I, um, I do think, uh, to be clear, I think dramatically it went over great. Uh, just from like a nitpicking standpoint, I was like... <laughs> yeah, well, the, the game made you put on your realism hat by framing it as all real, and now you're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think uh, it played really well. It reminded me of Gone Home, where you keep walking past these doors that you can't get into, and then yeah, you yeah. find the key, and you're finally like, oh, yes, I, I gotta run back. I know where that door is. Yeah. Uh, and so it had like a very similar... Uh, thing and like i said dramatically it totally worked uh and like yeah totally the the way the the position of that box where it's like the second or third shelf from the back of the room but you can just barely see it peeking out as you yep. walk in yep. but yet i still walked through all the way down and checked Same. every to make sure I there wasn't another sure. box or like a little sure. secret um yeah it was it, it did go over really well i just thought it was a little funny one one theory i had that i didn't check um was i was wondering if that was the contents of the box that was empty um oh right like oh, the, interesting the, like someone had i i don't think it really gave you any explicit reason to think that yeah but that i is actually a, i actually could fact check that because i have i circled the box that was empty oh uh, it's wrote, definitely not the same call number i no, i, I know that. i know it's not the same but i could uh you know cross reference where that was the contents yeah yeah where i uh found that and probably um yeah i could do it but yeah i'd be curious uh, because that i the empty box was very conspicuous right it was like yeah yeah for sure it was like this because even the boxes that are don't have anything useful they you know they appear to be full sure so yeah i thought that was supposed to be like uh someone had hidden it while they were mm-hmm. waiting to get the green light to destroy it or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I found that I find that to be believable. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, did you have anything else on this uh this game? Um I'm trying to think if there was any other I uh, real like anything else from the real story that I wanted to report. Uh-huh. Um uh no, I guess just I mean, look up the Nugan hand yeah bank i want to watch that 60 minutes it is so it's so good because it's like like most real like cia government conspiracy stories uh it's it's equal parts like whoa that's devious and like wow those idiots yeah because (laughs) like this there's so many parts where it's like some things are crazy complicated like wow they had this insane Uh like chain of Uh like system of of like banks uh apparently it was very common like this one there's like less confirmed info on but they there's another bank in south america that you know it is well documented historical evidence that the cia was laundering drug money through it in order to fund uh anti-castro rebels Mm. Uh, so this is a thing that they are there is historical record confirming that they have done um uh but uh there's this one moment where 
all of the uh, ex-military employees of the bank, they listed an Air Force base in, like, the U.S. as their mailing address. Like, <laughs> like why would you do that? It's sure. It's just not subtle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so. Well, you know what they say, Jordan. Sometimes uh, truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> yes, I, and this is you know, the best example of that. Yeah. Is astonishing. All right. Well, I think I think with that uh, we've covered everything. Uh, if in case it's not clear, I think we both really enjoyed this game. Yeah, um, I thought it was I thought it was a delight to play, um, and I I really recommend you check it out once it comes out. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really fun. Absolutely, and thanks uh, to uh, David Kerb for sending us a link to download this beta and let us play it a little bit early and talk about it. We. Um, I guess we didn't say at the top, but we, we were originally planning to play the demo, but the demo actually got taken down uh, because uh, David is like, oh, well, I'm getting ready to actually put out the game. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we ended up just like kind of cold emailing them and being like, can we get a code or something? And, uh, you know, they were gracious enough to send it to us. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, super glad to have played the game and hopefully uh, listeners have played it or are going to play it. Um uh, now that they now that they've heard everything about it <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure um so i guess with that we can introduce the game that we'll be playing next uh, week yes uh so uh, this is a game called planet friend uh which is designed by brendan chung and laura mache or miche um uh this is a uh, it's described as a desktop planet pet it's it's it seems like it's kind of like a uh, um, oh god like a neopet uh, but it's a a planet and you're like it's like a planet sim you know where you're like mm-hmm. s- shifting the gravity and the ecosystem in order to like see what happens mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah so this game was designed over the weekends of the 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 quarantine so it's really fast turnaround but looks really impressive so yeah uh, we wanted and it's also this is like a side project of if you don't recognize the name brendan chung that's uh blendo games who uh you know is a creator of some extremely influential uh indie games uh such as uh gravity bone 30 flights of loving and uh quadrilateral cowboy so um i'm excited to see uh what and Laura Mache as well involved in in uh, some yeah. some yeah she's an IGF nominated writer so it's like yeah yeah definitely it's like two people that are like <laughs> actually uh, part of the game industry were like let's just do this because we're trapped in our homes all day sure uh, so yeah it seems it seems like it'll be cool um, the the features are described as a beam weapon that makes the planet horny uh, <laughs> many types of devastating wars and more so. Uh, very excited to check this out next week. Um, if you want to play that game uh, alongside before or after the podcast, you should uh, follow us uh, on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. We tweet out links to the all the games that we uh, the games that we play, as well as the Twitter handles of the creators if they have them. So if you want to get those kind of updates um, to the uh, to the podcast, uh, as well as links to new episodes when they come out, you should follow us. Uh, Twitter handle at EdgeGuardCast. So that's where all the all the podcast information is released to the public. So we'd love to love to have you follow us there um, and tweet at us if you uh, have questions, comments, or recommended uh, games that we should check out for the podcast. We're always looking for new games. So 
Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, and uh, we'll be playing Planet Friend next week, and we will talk to you then.